Welcome to uh, New Horizon United Methodist Church as we uh, share together and celebrate this uh, third Sunday of the Advent season, a season of waiting and watching and expecting and hoping and the excitement and the anticipation of the great things God is doing in our world, in our lives, and in our, our hearts. And so welcome, welcome, welcome as we share together. I'm Pastor Rafe and uh, will be sharing with us today as we come together to worship during this holiday season. I uh, welcome you and uh, hope that you uh, engage fully in this time of worship as we uh, share together. Uh, let's, uh, let's come before the Lord with our, our songs of praise and our, our prayers of thanksgiving and give God our praise. Let us enter into this time. Lord, we thank you for our wonderful day. We thank you, God, for who you are. We bless your name, God, for everything that you've done and for what you're about to do, Lord. We pray, God, today that, Lord, we'll just receive what you're about to give us, God. And we bless your name in a mighty way. In Jesus' name and all God's people say, amen. amen. He's highly exalted.
So we have a special bonus pegs edition for you this morning. We always try to give you something to pray about, to engage in, to give to, to serve with. And this morning we want to recognize somebody who truly has a servant heart. If you'll head this way, he knows who he is. Um, you don't need to look any further than our, than our field to find a man who truly has a servant heart. Pumpkin Charlie, as he is so fondly known of. Pumpkin Charlie gives up his time every year to come down and man our patch full time, um, oftentimes sitting out there all by himself. And it is because of his dedication and his servant heart that we were able to sell over $76,000 worth of pumpkins, which meant a check to the church for over $30,000. So imagine what that does for our missions and ministries, right? Um, and we, we did send him a formal thank you, but I wanted you to see this face <laughs> and to recognize his heart and take a chance to say thank you to him at some point before you leave here today. Amen? Amen. Thank you. Thank you all for having me. <laughs> He's a keeper. Yeah. <laughs> thank you, Charlie. Uh, also, as part of our uh, uh, pray, engage, give, and serve today, of course, we want to uh, lift up uh, and pray for and give towards um, our brothers and sisters who have been greatly affected by the tragedy of the tornadoes that have come through um, a good part of our, of our country. And so I invite you to be in prayer for those that are going to be greatly affected during this time of the year. Um, here we are in a holiday season, and for many folks, in the areas that have been affected, this will be a time of darkness and despair and heartbreak. And so we want to lift them up in prayer and lift them up that the light will shine, that the glorious light of Christ will shine into their lives. Know that we always, as part of the uh, wonderful denomination of the United Methodist Church, have a way of responding and uh, supporting that through what we call UMCOR, United Methodist Committee on Relief, UMCOR. And uh, when you do your uh, regular church giving this week, whether online or dropping it in the baskets, um, uh, over and above that, uh, special gifts this holiday season that are labeled UMCOR or Tornadoes, we'll be sure that they go to the appropriate place and that uh, those resources are used to, uh, to help those who find themselves in a desperate situation this holiday season. So remember those who are affected by the tornado in your prayers and uh, give uh, as, you, as you can. To, uh, to help those have a wonderful holiday season. Now, as also part of our worship today, we have a, another very special opportunity in that we are going to uh, receive a, a, a new member. And I'm going to ask Judy if she would uh, come and join me right here. We're just going to do right here. Um, now, Judy, Judy has a wonderful assistant, actually two wonderful assistants. Here, right here, Judy, you can grab me, come right here, and we can turn around here. This is Judy Birch, and she comes today to, uh, to become a member of this congregation and to officially join in membership this day. And so, uh, Judy, I'm going to ask you if uh, that this is what you want to do. You intend to join? Yes. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, and do you accept the, uh, the power that God gives you to resist all the evilness and brokenness of this world? Yes. And do you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Yes. All right. And will you do everything in your power to support this congregation through prayer and engagement and giving and serving and sharing your story? Yes. All right, all right, very good. And so, Judy, we're so glad to receive you and have you as a member today. Church, will you receive Judy, and will you support her? Yes. Okay, do you as the body of Christ, the church, reaffirm both your rejection to sin and your commitment to Christ? We do. Okay, there you go. So you actually have cues up there, okay? <laughs> and will you nurture one another in the Christian faith and include... Judy, now before you in your care. Yes. With God's help, we will proclaim the good news and live according to the example of Christ. We will surround her with a community of love and forgiveness that she may grow in her service to others. We will pray for her that she may be a true disciple who walks in the way that leads to life. Now it's our joy to uh, welcome Judy as our new sister in Christ. Yeah. Through baptism, so through baptism you are incorporated as the Holy Spirit, Spirit into God's new creation, creation 
and made to share in Christ's royal priesthood. We are all one in Christ Jesus. With joy and thanksgiving, we welcome you as a member of the family of Christ. Members of the household of God, I commend Judy to your love and care. Do all in your power to increase her faith, confirm her hope, and perfect her in love. We give thanks for all that God has already given you, and we welcome you in Christian love. As members together with you in the body of Christ and in this congregation of the United Methodist Church, we renew our covenant faithfully to participate in the ministries of the church by our prayers, our presence, our gifts, and our service, that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Judy. Thank you so much. Here we go. We're going to turn to your left here a little bit. There we go. And there's Karen. Compassionate God, in this time of darkness, we wait for the one who will come and redeem us. As we revel in the merriment of the season and the sparkle of decorations, we need to remember there are also many for whom the holiday season isn't one of joy and good cheer. We pray for those who cannot see the light in the darkness, that they would find hope, not in the commercial side of Christmas, but in the promise of the Christ child. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for those who face the aftermath of natural disasters and the cleanup ahead, those who have lost homes and businesses and even people they love. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for those who grieve this Advent season, fearing the first Christmas after losing a loved one, that they would know your comfort and find hope in the promise of the resurrection. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for those who struggle to feel joy because they're mired in mounting bills and in despair for lack of employment, that they would have faith that you will provide. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for our military families who are separated by great distance from their loved ones serving, whose tables have an empty seat this Christmas, that they would rely on you for strength and protection. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for those whose family dynamics make holidays not a time of festive joy, but of stress and anger. We pray that through your grace, hearts can be softened, old hurts can be released, and a door might be open to reconciliation. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We lift our joys and give over our concerns, those we have spoken and those in our hearts, to your tender care, Lord. We recognize that the joy we celebrate this Advent morning is not just a passing feeling, but a deep, resounding response to you and gratitude for what you have already given us in your Son. And we pray as he taught us to. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
screen, it might say Luke 12, 2 through 6, but it is actually Isaiah 12, 2 through 6. And I'm sure those are the words that are there. Look at that. Look how quick they, 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 they do that <laughs> and, and find that out. Because in the Advent season, the Advent season is a season of waiting and watching and looking and preparing. And the prophets, the Old Testament prophets, are a key part of that because it's the anticipation the waiting for, the looking for God's presence with us, also called Emmanuel, we just sang about it, God's presence with us for salvation. And that's what the prophets are always talking about and pushing us towards and pointing us towards. And so today we're in one of those prophets, Isaiah uh, chapter 12. Isaiah is one of the great and grand prophets of, uh, of the Old Testament scriptures, probably the, the longest book, uh, one of the longest prophets that we have there is all the words of great scripture, but this is Isaiah chapter 12. 
God is indeed my salvation. I will trust and I won't be afraid. Yah, the Lord, is my strength and my shield. He has become my salvation. You will draw water with joy from the springs of salvation. And you will say on that day, on that day, thank the Lord, call on God's name, proclaim God's deeds among the peoples, declare that God's name is exalted. Sing to the Lord who has done glorious things. Proclaim this throughout all the earth. Shout and sing for joy, city of Zion, because the Holy One of Israel is great among you. Amen and amen. O Lord, may your work and your word be great among us this day. And may we hear the story. May we hear the good news. And may it bring us salvation. Amen and amen. So, what do you do when you get a great Christmas present? I mean, you get that really good Christmas present. Of course, you, everybody says thank you, right? To wherever the gift came from. But what do you do with that great Christmas present? You show it off. You show it off. That's what you do. I guarantee you Christmas Day, the day after Christmas, maybe it's even already started, you go on any social media platform, you're going to see people showing off Christmas gifts. You're going to see them doing it. You know, particularly they get nice clothes and they get all decked up and you go on the TikTok or the YouTube or whatever and people are parading and doing their little uh, fashion shows and everything because of all the great clothes that they have gotten for the holiday season. You know, you show it off. You, uh, you get a gift and, uh, you know, you're thankful for it and you're grateful. You, you show it off. You, you tell people about it. You, you do something with it. You, uh, you show off of that gift. I remember... As a, as a child, um, one time, you know, I grew up in Miami in the 70s, and so the big deal was what? The Miami Dolphins, undefeated team, and so as a kid, guess what I got? I got a Miami Dolphins jersey, but not just the jersey. I got the whole package, the shoulder pads, the helmet, the pants that matched. I mean, I looked like I was, uh, I was ready to play, and what did I do? I put it all on Christmas Day, went running outside to show all my friends, and they all had one too. <laughs> uh, fortunately, we all had different numbers, and so we had our own little team there on the block, you know, that, was, uh, that would run over to other blocks and challenge anybody, all comers that would come, because, you know, we had this great gift. We had this wonderful gift. We got these Christmas presents and the whole package, and we had to show it off, because that's what you do with a Christmas gift, is that you've just got to show it off. You know, we, we wait for so long for Christmas. We wait and we wait and we wait and we're looking for it to come. And when it does come, you, you share it. When somebody gives you good food, you know, for Christmas, you share it. Unless, of course, you know, it's like your private stash of chocolates, you know, and then you've got to put them away, you know, or whatever. Um, you know, but you, you share the gift. You know, you, you get a game, you play the game with other folks. You know, you, you show them. You, that's what you do. We, uh, we wait for so long. We wait for so long and then... We've just got to share the gift because we've waited for so long, we're ready to tell the story because we've waited for so long. That's what Advent is. Advent is that waiting for so long, that anticipation, that expectation. We're waiting for the arrival of the Christ child. We're waiting for Christ to come. But here's the thing. In that waiting for the Christ to come, the prophets speak. And sometimes... The prophets aren't all good news. The last in the line of prophets was John the Baptist. And I'm not sure people would call John the Baptist's words good news. First of all, if you look it up in, in Luke chapter 3, he calls us all snakes. You know, and uh, he calls us snakes, you know, for our hypocritical nature. I know some of you are going to look it up and say, oh, no, he wasn't talking to us. He was talking to the Pharisees and Sadducees. Right. Yeah, <laughs> he's talking to us. You know, he's talking to us, calling us uh, snakes. And saying, you know, to, uh, to show our lives, to have our lives, present our lives in a way that shows the effects of, re of repentance. In other words, the fruits of repentance. In other words, change your life and your heart. Now, now we don't want to change. We just want a nice gift, you know. 
But the prophet John the Baptist is saying, you change your life, show a life that shows the fruit of repentance, of a change, make sure that it's evident to get ready for Jesus Christ because John the Baptist's message is always prepare the way, prepare the way, prepare the way. And that's what we do. We're preparing the way in Advent. We're getting ready. We're watching. We're waiting. And we're getting ready for, the, for Jesus Christ to come. That day when the Christ comes, prepare the way. Change your life. Change everything. Repent. Don't just say you're sorry. Have evidence. Evidence in your life that you've changed everything. That's a tough thing. It's harsh. And maybe that's why our culture, we love to just go ahead and rush to Christmas, don't we? We don't want to wait during the season of Advent. We'll just rush to Christmas. We'll put up our lights in September, you know. We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll hurry through, and we'll just rush there because we want to get to the gifts, right? And we'll get to the, the gifts, and we'll spend all day waiting in line about, about gifts, you know. People will spend more time in lines at some stores than they will engaged in worship. And into that, the prophets are saying, you know, you might want to think about changing some things. But we'll rush to the gifts. We'll rush to the good part. And what do people do? You know, because now when the Christ child comes, when that day comes, and that day of salvation comes, and the Christ child comes, you know, now it's going to get really hard following Jesus. And so what do we do? Well, let's pack up Christmas real quick, and let's put it away, and let's go on. You know, the lights will be down. The trees will be... Uh, will be out in the yard, you know, the day or two after, and the houses will be cleaned up because we want to move on as quickly as we possibly can before it really takes hold, this day of salvation, this day that changes everything. We've been waiting for the arrival of Jesus, but it's, it's a dangerous day. However, when the day does arrive, that day, it is salvation. And salvation transcends the judgment for our hip hypocrisy. Salvation transcends the judgment. Love transcends our fear of punishment. Grace transcends the harsh change over our lives. It is salvation. It is a great and wonderful gift. And what do we do? What's our response? We rejoice. We're thankful, right? We say thank you. Saying thank you is what the scriptures call rejoicing. You got a good gift. What do you do with that good gift? You got the good gift of salvation. No matter how harsh it was to get to that point, you got that good gift of salvation. What do you do? You tell the story. You share it. Do you hear what Isaiah was saying there? Salvation is very real. Salvation is, is very present. So you sing about it. You shout about it. You proclaim God's good deeds. You tell the story. You proclaim what God has done. You show off the gift. You show it off. That's what you do. You, you trust in the prophecy. You trust in the waiting. You receive the gift, and then you, you proclaim it. And what Isaiah is trying to do is he's trying to connect the very broken people to their own story, their own history of their salvation. Because you see, in Isaiah's time, the situation that he's in, he's having to deal with the a hypocritical king and really a hypocritical people in the southern kingdom of Judah and Jerusalem. There's been political conflict and different alliances going on and the northern kingdom aligned with these people and the southern kingdom saying, no, I'm not going to join you and I'm going to go try to align with these folks and da-da-da. You know, there's a long history going on here and I could give you the whole history layout, but you'd have to take notes and then there'd be a test, you know, and all, and all of that. But just know that it's a very conflictive, divisive situation that Isaiah is speaking into. And we know nothing about a culture that's conflicted and divisive in its political arena, right? And so, uh, and so into that, Isaiah speaks. But when Isaiah speaks, and he's speaking about their brokenness and the Hebrew people and how they've lost their trust in God, he talks also about the day, that day. And that day is a judgment day because you know, when God comes, you know, everything is made clear. And there are harsh consequences for our actions. 
but it is also a day of salvation, a day when God saves, when God steps in. And so when Isaiah talks about salvation to a Hebrew people, they're immediately remembering and recalling that in the time of starvation, there was a Joseph in Egypt who fed the nation. When they hear the stories of salvation, they remember that when they were found as slaves in Egypt, there was emancipation and Moses and the leading to a promised land. When they hear the word of salvation, they remember that when they were a broken and divided people, there was a united kingdom that came by God's work through the servant David. And there was salvation. When we speak of salvation in our communities, we, we remember that there is a Jesus, there is a Christ child. We already know the second part of the story, right? That Jesus saves, that Jesus comes, that Jesus is God with us, Emmanuel. That God has sent the Holy Spirit to enliven and invigorate and empower the church and the church community to bring healing and wholeness and salvation throughout the generations. And so there is salvation that comes to us on that day. Boy, Isaiah loves that phrase. If you read all of chapter 12, he repeats it over and over again. That day, that day, that day. That day, it's looking towards God's activity, looking towards that promise of God's activity, looking towards that, that hope, that assurance of God's activity, that God will come. And so when Isaiah speaks over and over again, and we hear the prophecy, the message of what we anticipate at Christmas time. Isaiah, Old Testament prophet, chapter 7. Therefore, the Lord will give you a sign that a young woman is pregnant and is about to give birth to a son, and she will name him Emmanuel. God's salvation and God's presence with us. Isaiah, chapter 9. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in pitch dark land, light has dawned. The scriptures of our Advent season, looking towards that day. That day, yeah, it's a harsh day. It's a day of judgment. But it's a day when salvation transcends the judgment. Salvation transcends what we would anticipate to be God's anger. Grace transcends and God's love is real. On that day, I will give thanks to you, O Lord. On that day, I will give thanks. I will sing and I will shout and I will tell my story and tell my good news into the broken mess of our world and our lives, into our divisiveness and our brokenness. There is this Emmanuel. And thankfulness is seen in joy and singing and shouting and telling of God's good deeds and telling the story. That is what rejoicing is. Rejoicing is remembering the salvation and telling the story. Singing the story, shouting the story, telling the story. And so let me give you an example and tell you my Christmas story. My Christmas story. My, I told you, I, you know, I got great Miami Dolphin gifts when I was a kid and I got great gifts and there was always a stocking with an orange and some nuts in it at Christmas time, and, uh, and uh, that was a wonderful Christmas time and Christmas sharing. I had wonderful Christmases, but as a young adult, there was that first Christmas after Hurricane Andrew, and I was the father of a young child, and there was lots going on. My family, some of my family was displaced, Many of my friends were displaced from their homes, and those who could be in their homes, they were, many of them were leaky and wet and broken. There was lots of work to be done. I was uh, put in charge of the food distribution for the United Methodist Church in all of South uh, Florida and, and Dade County, and so there was lots of work to be done to make sure people had food for the holiday season. And really, about that Christmas, I don't remember much else except being buried in that work and being worried about my son because I was also in a marriage that was creating a great angst and anxiety and crumbling. And into that darkness comes the promise of Christmas. 
and worried about what have I done for my son in the midst of this. And then there was the next Christmas. And the next Christmas really wasn't much better because now all those things that started to be small problems were becoming crisis moments. The marriage would become a crisis. A dysfunctional church had become an extreme crisis and burden on my life. And on top of that, on Christmas Day, I was so sick I could not stand up. I could not get off of the couch. I laid there watching a four-year-old boy open presents all by himself and thinking to myself, what have I done to my son? What am I doing in this situation? And then there was the next Christmas. And the next Christmas, <laughs> I had moved 300 miles away from my family in South Florida and was serving a different church. I was in a new place with new responsibilities and, and things going on. I was a single dad trying to make Christmas real for my son while family was so far away and broken apart and, and distant from everyone. And it was, I was fearful that it was going to be a day of just me and my son. And so was this going to be another one of those Christmases that was just a dark night of the soul, praying for a, a light to shine? However, however, there was salvation. Not many pastors will say this, but there was salvation when Christmas falls on a Sunday. And that year, Christmas fell on a Sunday. So the single dad's worrying, well, how in the world do I do anything for my son? I've got Christmas Eve services. I've got a Christmas Day service. At best, we're going to have a few hours together in the afternoon, and it'll just be he and I. How do I do that? And I'm worried about all of that. And so uh, we plan worship for that Sunday of, of Christmas Day. But this congregation decided that along with worship, they were going to have a, a brunch for Christmas. And they were going to invite all of those folks who couldn't travel and couldn't be with family and friends on the holidays. And there were a lot more people than we ever anticipated. And so on that Christmas day, there was salvation because we shared it with the community of faith and the church. And we had a big family meal together on that day. And by the time that the 12 days of Christmas were over, not only had my son and I been able to spend some more time together, but a new relationship had entered into my life and taken hold. Emmanuel, God is with us. The next Christmas, we were a family of four and the house was a mess. But in each one of the Christmases, Emmanuel, Emmanuel, God is with us. It's the day. It's the day of salvation. And in that day, you rejoice. You rejoice when God is present in your darkest times. You rejoice when God is present in the light and lively times. You rejoice, and the way that you rejoice is you sing, and you shout, and you tell the story, and you proclaim the good news that God has done. You do it over and over and over again. The Lord is strength, the prophet says. The Lord is salvation. The Lord is a shield. The Lord is a source of joy. And what will you say in that day? What will you say? What? What? What will you say? Thank you? Or will you sing? And will you shout? And will you proclaim the good news, the good deeds that God has done? Telling your story, because that is rejoicing. When you tell the story that God is saving. God is saving. Rejoice. Tell your story. The story of hope, the story of salvation. Rejoicing is always shared. When you've got a good gift, you share it. Share your story and rejoice. Share your story of darkness. Share your story even in the darkest time. And maybe that's this Christmas for you, this season, that you're in your dark moments. Share that darkness. And know Emmanuel. Emmanuel, God with us in that day. Amen and amen.
most gracious and holy God, your presence is powerful. Forgive us for rushing through and, and missing a sense of your complete and total immersion into our lives that we call Emmanuel. Forgive us for rushing past that. And Lord, forgive us when we have not proclaimed, not spoken of the good deeds that you have done. Lord, let us not hold back. Let us not hold back our joy. Let us rejoice and tell the story. Let us not hold back and bear the burdens of our darkness alone. But Lord, let us share those stories also that the burden is shared and that the light would come into our dark lives and our dark brokenness. Oh Lord, thank you, thank you, thank you. And may our lives be lived in the rejoicing of sharing the good gift. Amen and amen. Let us, uh, let us come to our feet as we can and sing to God our praises. of Emmanuel, but also go with homework. Sing, shout, tell your story.
And when I say that, I don't mean just, you know, politely. I mean, like, roll down your windows, play Christmas music in your car, and sing so the cars behind, beside you, in front of you, and beside you hear it. Tell your story to somebody. Tell your story to somebody. Your story of the darkness maybe you're walking through because that will lift you and lift them and help them. Tell your story of salvation and, and thanksgiving to God. But share that story with somebody. Respond to God with your prayers and your giving and your serving. But engage. Engage in a way that others see and experience your thanksgiving for Emmanuel, God with us, in our dark times and our times of recognizing God's salvation. Go now in peace. Amen. Amen.